Hi everybody, this is Sana Kapadia, your host of the Noor podcast. It's my pleasure to launch the second season of the Noor podcast that I started earlier this year as a creative endeavor to really bring to light the different shades of our human identity that enable us to be our full radiant selves. Noor means radiance and light, and it was amazing to host the first season on the topic of leadership, speaking with some amazing gender finance, social impact, broader impact investing leaders across the space. And in this second season, we're going to build off some of the foundations of what we heard. We're going to dive deeper into some new threads. And in particular, we're going to zone in on courage, which is something that we heard about around leadership. And I'm excited to have a whole new set of dialogues that unpacks that further. And by the end of the season, I hope that we have a shared collective understanding of what it means to really show up courageously in our work, in our lives, and how we can be our full radiant selves. Enjoy the season. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted that for this first episode of season two that I'm in conversation with the one and only the incredible Lisa Witter, who is CEO of the Apolitical Foundation, co-founder of Apolitical. She's a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader and has deep experience in gender and behavioral science. Lisa is one of my favorite people to speak to because not only are we able to dive into the more philosophical um, aspects of life, but also be lighthearted and bring joy and awe. So enjoy this fantastic dialogue on all things courage and more. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Wonderful Hi. to see you here today. How are you doing? be really honest like um as as these things go um you and I are recording a podcast and uh I like to be on time and very respectful and show up gracious and my computer decided to completely disconnect from everything so honestly um in the glory of how many of us show up into the world there's always the the ucky frustrated tech not working running around in my sweats trying to show up um and so I'm coming, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put my feet on the floor and land so we can have a, a, a courageous conversation. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I wish more of our check-ins as humans began in the same way, because we are, um, we're many, many pieces that make us whole. So um, maybe I'll kick off then with uh, a question, which is, can you, Lisa Witter of A Political Foundation, as one of your hats, describe yourself in one or two sentences? Yeah, I'm really, I hope we can get into this a little bit. I consider myself a political entrepreneur. You could put like a bunch of different words in front of that, but my whole life has been at the intersection of seeing a problem that is usually really hard to solve and getting excited about how to build a platform for myself and others, ideally in a systematic way to solve that problem. Um, and for me, why politics and policy is that um, th the things that really shaped me as a kid was going to church every Sunday um, with my grandmother. So the sense of something bigger than myself really, really hit me like cosmically and very um, 
viscerally, right? When you see the needs of humans really up close. And then also as a competitive athlete, I am the benefit of Title IX legislation in the U.S., the first generation of women to really feel a sense of power and sort of love winning and strategy. And so when you put those things together, politics seem like the 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 obvious path um, to make the most change possible. And so through my life, that's what I've been doing. I'm sitting here speaking to you um, in Berlin, so I'm not home. Um, and this whole notion of what home means inside, I know, Sana, that's something that you have um, been curious about and wondered about. And it's been a lot of um, my journey the last decade of understanding. In German, we call it Heimat. What does home mean? And what does it mean to not know the answer to that question? So um, I'm not in my Heimat, wondering what Heimat is, speaking to you. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa, for opening the door so beautifully. Um, maybe to stick with a little bit of the description words. Um, can you think of maybe one or two words that people who know you really well would use to describe you? I, I was just with a bunch of friends over the weekend and we were writing kind of appreciation notes to one another. And um, one of them, Thomas, who's just this amazing human being, wrote back um, that I am fiercely passionate and kind. And um, for me, those things are really important. Sometimes for some people, I think they think they might be in juxtaposition to one another. But I think you can be sort of fiercely, fiercely passionate. Um, and I, 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 I tend to sort of look really ahead. I'm, I'm really a look aheader sort of person. Um, and I'm kind of fierce in my like um, wanting to be intellectually vigorous about it. Like, what, what does this mean? What is the evidence? But also in the context of real humans um, and how that fits and creating space. I would say the other thing that people say about me is I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I love to dance and really enjoy life. And pleasure is a very important part of, I think, motivating myself and others. So I'll, in a few words, like fierce, um, kind, and a lot of fun. I hope I could attest to all three of those being words that would come to my mind too. So such an honor to have you here today. Maybe to get a little bit deeper though into this journey of you being a political entrepreneur. Um, and you you mentioned um, early childhood sort of memories, but what for you, if anything, was there a single sort of defining moment that you feel has led you to the path that you're on today? Or think back to one of your earliest memories that built this connection towards the work that you do today. I don't think there's a single defining moment around putting me on that political entrepreneurship path, but I was I was thinking about um, this question of like these defining moments and one that has come up so often in my life that I I hadn't sort of painted the picture for myself around. And I really appreciate you asking me this because it gave me the opportunity. I think it's really where the foundation of my courage comes from. So I have this picture of a little girl. I had pigtails. Um, my mom made a lot of my clothing. Um, we weren't like little house on the prairie at all, but like she just loved making clothing. And I, I think I had these like green cord jeans on. And I think I may have had like this very 70s, like hippie flower shirt. And I'm standing um, on the bench in a pickup. My dad's copper, I remember it like it was just a copper gold pickup truck. And there was a stick shift and my dad was a mechanic and, and, um, and I grew up around cars and grease and like sounds. And 
I remember my mom sitting next to me. I think my brother was really little. I'm three years older. And I, but I remember standing up like totally confident, holding mm-hmm. on to the shoulder of my dad. He had a beard. Um, and we were looking out kind of into the, into the horizon and just driving along and feeling, obviously this is revisionist history, but I, how I feel about that now is like, I am safe. Mm-hmm. I am loved. I am being stretched. He let me um, shift the gears. I am being stretched. I have agency in this moment and kind of, I can do anything. Mm. And I think I keep coming back to these moments in my childhood where I I get really teary about it. Like Mm. the the platform that my parents built for me of my sense of self, um, you know, they're not child psychologists. They, They didn't go to college. They're just really loving, happy people. That is really on that leather seat. I feel like everyone's always got my back. You know, I feel like my back is gotten yet. I'm still alone standing. So I, that, that really has shaped me. I've never told that story before, but I, I could smell it. Sana, I can smell that sense of like deep love and independence, you know, at the same time. I love that, Lisa. Thank you for sharing. And I think, um, Uh, as you're speaking I can feel that connection for you like through the microphone even and through your eyes and I think that it's so you know we don't even realize some of those early moments I think and as you said having a safe platform I just think about the work that we collectively do around gender equality and what it might mean to have that kind of safety for for others and how it could help you be more whole right so you mentioned courage, which is going to be a big theme of what we're going to talk about today. And I'm looking at the three words, the fierce, the passionate, the kind. Um, so maybe a follow up here is how have you come to understand what courage means for you? It's such an interesting time in my life to ask this question. Um, I'm about to turn 50 and uh, I'm having a huge blowout party, which I'm hoping you're coming to with my girlfriends to celebrate all of our lives. Um because that's just how I do things. And so you can't help but be in this reflective mode. Um, and and I'm, I'm watching a lot of people in this midlife trying to figure out what the next chapter of their life is. And what I've reflected on is, I don't think I've had a lot of courage in a lot of my decisions, meaning they've just been obvious. Right. I think that like every big decision that I've made in my life, like, you know, who to marry, which is a really big decision, where to live, what to study, what crazy new entrepreneurial thing. Like none of it has seemed crazy to me. Like people have always said, oh, that must have taken courage. I was like, that didn't take any courage at all. Like, you know, the jumps that I went off on my snowboard, like I don't know that I've ever it may have looked courageous, but it wasn't courageous to me. It was just obvious. Mm. Um. It was so clear, right? It was so clear. So I find that word in my own life quite complicated because I don't think I was courageous. I just followed my heart and my head bolstered by that, that bench. You know, I told you in my dad's pickup, like it was just obvious that I was going to do that. And it wasn't even, of course I was going to fall, but it was like, I didn't even, there wasn't even a thought of like, who's going to catch me. It just was like, just was going to be that way. And I grew up with a mom who like very much drilled into our mind, like mental fortitude and strength. Like Mm -hmm. she wouldn't use the word stoicism, but like, I was told like, you are what you think you are. So if 
I didn't even have to be courageous because I just am. <laughs> it was like this very deep thing where I'm not courageous, where I'm not courageous. Um, what I'm realizing is I, I the, the thing I've wanted in my life for several years now that I have courageously not done, and I don't understand it, is create more spaciousness in my life yeah. for some big thinking and just being. And I'm, I, I fill my days. I don't mean to, I don't know what happens. So I, what I'm looking for is courage to say no. Cause a lot of times people think about the courage to, to, to opt in. And I need yeah. this courage to opt out. And yeah. that's where I struggle around my, my courage. And you know, frame that I'm thinking a lot about is I, I really feel like I don't have FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I really have genuinely moved myself to the joy of missing out. Like conceptually, I understand that, like my thinking yeah. brain, but there's something about me <laughs> that doesn't allow me to be courageous about saying no and not taking on too much. And that's my, that's my real struggle I'm having right now. It's interesting because one of the words that you had in there was how you lead with your heart and the one of the roots of the word courage has is the heart and so in some ways it's not naming it as courage but you've been doing what's sort of instinctive and is coming from the heart anyway um, and I think part of the issue is that we've come to associate courage with bravery in different forms but going back to that original purpose can be, yeah, interesting. And also what you just said about the courage to say no, right? And I mean, if you think about the work that you do, especially in the political realm, um, do you feel that there is enough um, courage that sort of guides the pathways of politicians that you work with? Are they dealing with the same thing like yourself, the ability not to say no? or curious to know what you think, particularly with the actors that you sort of uh, interact with. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. And what I'm, I'm ruminating on um, my, my first, like, you know, very Western um, extroverted answers. Yes, there are lots of courageous people and I'm beginning to unpack what that means. Right. I think we're all beginning to understand what does courage mean? Um, and and the, the mission, one of the missions we have is, you know, to help cultivate and support 21st century ethical, courageous political leaders. I mean, we lean in on that courage piece because these times call for courage from the heart sort of leadership. And one thing I find very interesting is that um, as we look at the word brave, brave often, at least in my context, is often the proactive going to battle, putting yourself in harm's way, going and doing the thing. And just recently, an example of what I find as a courageous politician is Jacinda Ardern coming out and saying, I don't have it in the tank anymore. I'm going to opt out for some spaciousness because I don't have it. Like my courage is to say, I don't have the energy to do this anymore. And so one of the things that we're doing now that's quite interesting and I think the first time ever in the world it's happened uh, is doing a global scan of the mental well-being of politicians. These are the 6.5 million elected people in the world. There are about 45,000 in parliament that people aren't asking, how is your mental well-being? You know, how are you doing? How are you showing up for work? You know, what is a safe platform for you to be an effective 
political leader. We know that 80% of women, for example, get regular death threats, sexual assault threats, and uh, about 10% of them, it happens to them. And these are the people at the front lines of the systems change that we need for our societies. And we're not taking care of them or asking them how they're doing. So I'm on this journey really to understand how to do that, right? In an era where Jacinda got a lot of pushback from people being like, uh, and people like us said, this is great. So I see massive courageous people doing the hard work of dealing with the death threats every day, which they should not have to, but also saying, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to take a break. And it's only in that sort of courage to know thyself and take care of their inner and outer world that I think you can be an effective political leader. So we're hoping to create a wave of people where courage doesn't just mean bold and brave. It also means the inner stuff that needs to be tended to. I love that. And really painting the the, the two coins of what it means to be courageous. Um, I want to just unpack that a little bit more. And the first thing that we talked about was this bench and the support and as you've come to understand in your context what courage means to you, how much of a link do you think there is between that strong foundation and this deep self-awareness between the, you know, the magnitude of courageousness that you're able to show? Like, what is there a link or what may be some of the other factors that influence how courageously or not one is able to show up? Yeah, I, I definitely think there is a um, it's been good for me to have this deep familial kind of, you know, rooted in family mm-hmm. bench and all my life by instinct or obsessiveness, I have built communities. I've built platforms for us, for the collective of what is, I mean, apolitical is a peer to peer learning platform for people in the government. I have, you know, everywhere I go, I end up creating like a network of women. It's not just me. I don't mean I do it, but like I, 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 I hold this space for communities. I know you do too. And I think that, I think that you can't be cur- courageous alone. This mm-hmm. is part of the challenge I find in politics just to go back or just anything we do is this like hero's journey as if it's like a, a an alone endeavor. There's never such a thing of that. I mean, in feminist theory, we know that, right? This like strong individual. And I know why we talk about it because it connects to our brain. My background is in brain and behavioral science. I know what triggers the brain and it's one of our problems as humans. So how do you overcome that? And this is something I'm studying and I want more spaciousness actually to study, study it more. So for me, the community creation, the sense of self, what I worry about what's going on um, in the world and a bit is that we know we're at all time loneliness peaks, mm-hmm. right? All time, kind of everywhere, um, different in different levels and different cultures and countries based on like baseline. Um, and the reaction, particularly in the West is like to do the inner work is to go inside, right? Um, and I think that's fine, but without the yin and the yang of the real community being engaged in something bigger than yourself, you're gonna like, you're gonna be well meditated but not connected. And so for me, everything around courage and leadership is bringing that inner and outer together Mm. and not getting stuck in one or the other. I, you know, I probably have dialed too much at certain times into the outer and 
now I, th- I feel like leadership is a dial. Like how do you dial at different times what you need without judgment about that? Um, I really think of leadership as dials versus on-off switches. Like how much do you need at a certain time? And the awareness, oh, I need a little bit more outer. Oh, I need a little bit more inner. So that's how I think about these platforms that we build um, for each other. Yeah, and it also makes me think about what you said at the start about the sense of home and belonging. And this is why community is so important. It's not only, it's both, it's the inner and the outer, right? In order to make us, um, yeah, really whole. But let's, let's maybe shift a little bit to think about times where you know, you've been not necessarily too courageous, but like it's it hasn't been your friend or you've actually been called out for maybe saying, I don't know, the most difficult thing that everybody was thinking, but nobody else wanted to say. First of all, is there such a moment that comes to mind for you where you felt um, you've put yourself out there too much, maybe? This isn't deeply philosophical answer in in the short term, but it is, there's something really to it that I'm understanding about myself and this may resonate with some people where I've had too much courage if you could call it that it could also be stupidity so these things are right is unphysically pushing the boundaries of my body um that started off for me as a kid watching evil Knievel which if you don't know he was like this crazy like sports guy who would take his his motorcycle and jump over buses I used to do that with my bicycle um skiing Um, I used to go off jumps. I've broken lots of parts of my body. I was knocked out for a long time. I thought maybe walking might be like, I've really physically pushed myself to the limit. And frankly, professionally, I physically have pushed myself to the limit. I'm an extreme sports junkie and that could be extreme work. I mean, I take breaks and everything, but like I push, right. I'm like, I'm a mountaineer, right. Who's like looking for the summit. And I think that has not been so great all the time. I mean, physically it's been very hard on me. I've been very lucky, knock wood, I kind of break bones every time I push myself. Um, And what I began to realize about myself is I'm trying to prove something to myself or others that I just don't need to prove anymore, right? Like I don't need to prove that I'm tough because there's something about being kind of where I'm from and just being in the world as a woman that you have to be strong, right? You have to prove to everyone you're strong. And there's a cost to yourself for doing that. So I'm understanding I also love it, right? I love surfing and I, so it's, I get a lot out of it, but I'm learning to know when's enough with my body. So it, like the pleasure of the adrenaline, but not the tipping to the, to the damage. And sort of that's, that's when I've had too much courage, what people would call courage, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this aspect of like pushing yourself too much, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Like, as you said, it's about the balance. So when you do have those spacious moments, what does it take to really fill you up with the fuel that you need? And what are you finding sustenance in from? I mean, right now, when you, when you ask me that question, um, the first response I want to say is I don't, Mm -hmm. but then I think about it at another level, just being really honest. Yeah. Then, then the other sort of jot off from that is I don't need a lot of refilling, meaning I'm pretty, I'm pretty self, that sounds really weird in this context. I'm pretty self-fulfilling. Like I, I'm pretty self-contained, you know, I, 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 I fill, I refill. I, I, I was blessed with these parents who just like our joy, like joy is the, is the 
it's not perfect, but like, we're just joyful, happy people. And we just believe in that. So I just, I, I feel really self, it's like an automatic drip that it just kind of keeps, keeps coming. The thing that just gives me the most, the most kind of uh, extra shot of the self drip and I'm finding now is time with my children and my husband and my dog. Honestly, like the, the, the Heim Mat German for me, because I don't have it in the land. Like I don't put my feet in the soil and feel like this is my place. I don't here, which is a construct anyway. Right. But I know it is my family. You know, we moved all together to a new place. It wasn't new to my husband, but we all had to start. And so my, where I get the most extra shots, the boosters is, is the love of my my children and and my husband and my family, and we're very close. And I am, as I'm entering this like last phase of their time being at home, Mm -hmm. I'm really in the spaciousness is about spaciousness to be present. And when you have teenage kids, it's not like you're doing Lego with them. You're just in their space, observing them. And so this is a new, like I'm deeply in making that, that shift because it, it really fills me up. Yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful. I think, um, and it can mean different things for different people and at different stages, as you said, right? Like ask you that question 10 years ago, you might have had a had a different response, right? Depending on where you are in your life. Um, we keep coming to this question or this uh, notion of space. And I'm curious just to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into that. Like if you had more space and it's not necessarily space, space but also time what would you um what would you like to tread forward towards like what would you fill that space with my husband my very sweet husband Christoph, has known me for a really long time we've been together 25 years as we talk about that his wish for me and and he like loves me with complete uh no strings attached right like it's really it's just really loving me. He's not impressed by me. He just loves me. You know, he's just me. He would wish for me, he says this, that I wouldn't have a goal for any of that spaciousness time, Mm -hmm. right? To like, to go into it with nothing, but not even wonder. I mean, wonder (laughs) almost is, wonder is almost too um, expectation filling, just presence. And, and I, I really, I really relate to that. Like this notion of just presence in the spaciousness versus I'm going to write a new book or I'm going to start a new thing, or I'm going to like solve a problem. or I'm going to create an art thing. He's like, "Mm, wouldn't it be interesting for you to do nothing? Um, Which is like an athema to how I have existed. So that time will come. Um, I, I find moments of that in my meditation practice and walking my dog, although it's still good for my dog, but I'm really being focused on the, the nothingness, which is everything um, at the same time. I do though, have to say, Sana, when you ask this question about courage and space, another thing that comes up and these, this is stuff that we have talked about is where, where am I now as a white woman in a world that has not been just to everyone. And um, I don't know sometimes if I'm being courageous or coward in some of these moments. Um, I know that I am 
always trying to kind of lovingly rip my own heart open around where I have contributed to racism because I have and I do and where I have taken up too much space where I have I know um and my default in these spaces now is to take up less space in these spaces um and ask people what they need. And I don't know if that's always right, but I would say the the place where I have, it's not even fair for me to be nervous about it, but, but curiousness about what it means to be courageous is these spaces um, yeah. that I'm, I'm really learning. I'm, I'm very humbly learning and trying to be agile and better. At. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you, Lisa. And I think that um, it's an interesting um an interesting time that we live in where we are able to have certain conversations about structural barriers and racism in a way that hasn't been possible for a long time. And I do think it is courageous to do both, to hold the space, to give up space, to be thinking about power. And I know this is something we've talked about too in terms of new power and what that really looks like. Um, and I think we all remain on like a journey of unlearning and learning and it's showing up as well that counts so thank you for bringing that into the conversation the one thing I did want to come back to is that you know you mentioned your family a few times and I know you have an amazing team how do you um, help them find their path on this journey of building courage um, implicitly, explicitly, how do you like to give back the things that you've learned or in, or in your toolkit to others um, around you? I mean, I would say, um, you know, I, I used to be the youngest person in the room and then all of a sudden you're not, right? So here I am looking around the table of the team and I'm the oldest. Um, and I don't know how that happened, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm cause I don't feel old. Right. And it's not even that 50 is old, but it is not 20, right. It's not 20. And, um, I would say there's some things that wisdom can bring to those conversations. And there's some things that audacity to be different brings to those conversations that I'm seeing in incredible colleagues that I work with. And, what, what I think the most important thing that I can do for them or with them is to help them um, carefully bring their whole selves to their work. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is it the work that we do in trying to build better politics to make the world a better place, like, of course, you could give yourself all into it. Um, yeah. And I want people to really, I, I want it just genuinely to feel like that's something they want to do. But once anything becomes all encompassing, it becomes an addiction and difficult. And so how do you create the passion and the vision for what we can do together through our individual strengths yeah. while we kind of hold space to have not do that? And I just like, I look at our team and the level of just honesty and kindness and curiosity and, and I think this is really important in our organization that we've um, we've really differentiated between what's being nice to someone or a situation and what's being kind. Mm -hmm. Nice is like not saying anything. It's like seeing something that doesn't work or it's like 
sort of giving platitudes, kind is really caring about yeah. the person and their development, both for the for the organization, but also for themselves. And so this kindness thing, I think, is probably the most important thing that we do is being really kind to each other in the moment and the vision, kind. That means always striving to be better without like beating yourself up that you're not. And I think that's probably the the thing, like the audaciousness. I like audacious yeah. thinking with humility, but in a kind way. Yeah. And it, yeah, the, your mention of kindness makes me think of, again, something we started with around grace and the grace mm -hmm. that we need to, um, yeah, in order to show up, there's there, there are these connections for sure. Um, we're going to slowly start to get to the end of our time together. And I want you to imagine that I'm giving you uh, or turning the microphone. We are on a microphone, but you have a megaphone that goes to everybody who's listening and the majority of people on this planet, um, is there anything grounded in courage that you would share as advice or something, um, yeah, that you'd like the, the world to hear? I don't know that I have anything um, rocket science-y to say about it, but as I was saying to you when I um, was talking about sort of the decisions that I'd never had to make, um, and that I have teenagers at home. What I'm wishing for them um, is that they don't have to make a lot of decisions either, meaning like it just flows from a deep sense of like what feels right to them. And 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 what I always say to them is what I say to myself and my husband or anyone asks me advice. It's like, what is it that just like gets you go, like that just feels like, when I play basketball, mm -hmm. um, which I love, or soccer, like there are moments where I know where the ball's going to go before the ball goes there because I'm just so in tune to the moment, right? So in tune to that. That's how I feel about politics. It's not that like I know the outcome of everything, but I just feel in flow in that that infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And so I I kind of want people to need less courage, meaning that it's yeah. not really hard to make a decision. That they're really listening to what it is. They're not thinking about what's going to make them the most money or what's prestigious or, you know, what is, but like, what is that? And it doesn't have to be all do-gooder. It could be being a baker. It could be being a, a plumber. It's whatever it is that gives you that in that moment. My mother who made toilet paper for 45 years, yes. she found flow in her work. She let, she got there. She felt like she could get into the rhythm and she loved like that she was in her body and she was doing it every day. She loved her job. And I think there's a lot of pressure on smart people to be saving the world. There's just too much on that. If everyone's in their flow, that's what we need. It's like just finding that for yeah. yourself is what I wish for everyone um, without any pressure or expectations is like cool or fancy yeah. or like drop that stuff everyone has a purpose everyone is what it's just finding what that is I think it's important without pressure yeah it's too much pressure and so coming back to that then um to be fully in your flow um and in your case you mentioned also the courage to say no so what are some of the things that you are going to try and do differently as you walk that pathway to also then be more in your flow, which you already are so much in, but what's left for you? I think the the, the framework that I'm using to answer that question mm -hmm. um, 
is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no, because I know my heart, like I know what speaks to me. And I, I, I operate a lot out of obligation, sense of duty. And I think knowing when that is a good thing and when that is not a good thing, I'm still figuring that out. I'm a very dutiful, it's the right thing to do. I need to show up. Um, I'm not saying I'm not going to keep doing that, but there comes a point where there's just no more time. Um, if you're always being dutiful, um, and being, you know, I I just, I have to sort, I think the word of my life is like sorting, like, how do I sort all of this? And I, I'm not great at it, but I'm, I'm working out one little hack that I do is I, I, I love my team really, particularly Kim, who's our COO, who's we've worked together for a long time. And she and I have a channel where I have a Lisa say no channel. Cause I, my background is how do you create new habits? Whenever I say no to something, I post it in there or she sees me and she gives me like emoticons of like way to go. So I'm building into the people in my life. I have like weekly calls with some friends. What did you say no to this week? So I need to break a habit. I'm in the habit breaking piece. So that's, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I need a new habit. I love that. And this aspect of making and breaking new habits. I think that's a lesson we all keep forgetting and needing to relearn. So thank you for sharing. Um, Okay. So we're going to end with a few little rapid fire questions with um, the first being, is there a quotation that you tend to keep coming to, or that brings you joy? Well, Sana, I hope when you come to our home um, or anyone who listens, you know, come visit me on our wall in our mirror. So it's reflected backwards. It says, be kind, work hard and have fun. And that's our family motto. You know, I've had people come in and go, why doesn't it say work efficiently or effectively or smart? No, this is what we are. We're like, be kind, work hard and have fun. And that's kind of the way I live my life. And in that, in a very practical way, like it's very practical. So be kind, work hard and have fun. Beautiful. Um, We know you like dancing. So what do you currently have on your uh, playlist that you're listening to? Any song in mind? The one that I keep coming back to time and time again is Shaka Khan, like sugar. Um, I don't know if you know it, but I absolutely love it. And the other one is joy and pain, sunshine and rain, which is like all of the emotions. Um, I am putting a massive song list together for my birthday party. So I always take recommendations if people want to DM me or email me. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, And I know that you also like reading. So what do you currently have on your nightstand? I am voracious at reading. I'm like obsessed. I kind of, I love ideas. I walk into bookstores there. I'm in flow. Like, that's amazing. Um, And my hack on some of this is to use Blinkist, like some of these apps that, you know, you can get to get the, get the feel. The two I'm really deeply in now is Simone Weil. She's a um, feminist French um, philosopher and she um, talks a lot about the need for roots She's, she's a very wide ranging, like mysticist, philosopher, incredible um, woman, but this notion of the need for roots. And I'm really thinking about the politics of belonging, what that means when people aren't in their home, particular as we have migration flows, what does it mean? And I think one of the reasons we have the rise of the autocrats is that people, the autocrats are speaking to that sense of rootedness, that sense of belonging. They give them something to believe in where a lot of democracy has been so pluralistic that there's nothing that holds us in common anymore. So I'm deep into her work. I strongly recommend it. It's fantastic. And then the other 
that I'm deeply into. Like I read with highlighters and like I'm one of those readers, um, which is this book by um, Dr. Um, Keltner. He's at the Berkeley and he's written a bunch of stuff. One called The Power Paradox, which I think is really important to understand what power does to the brain as you and I talk about power. Mm-hmm. But his latest book is called Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life. And this is the outer world. Like, how do you go out yeah. and get nourished in the outer way? So he lists this, I'll be quick. He lists these like eight wonders of the world. And the number one, I was thinking it was nature. I'm a nature freak. I should have said that at the very beginning. Like nature is my thing. I'm like such a crazy swim yeah. naked everywhere I possibly can, climb trees, all of that. And I thought nature would be the thing that gives us the most awe. Mm-hmm. It's up there. I think it's number two or three, but the number one thing yeah. um, is seeing normal people have courage. And I find this so awe-inspiring. You and I um, and others are collectively going through an experience of watching someone leave the world. And the courage in which she is doing this gives us all awe. And um, one of the things they know about awe is the that you have a nerve in the center, the vagus nerve in your center, that actually is like a very empowering and calming at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of an awe hunter, you know, how do you go? And it's also things like doing things together. Like you and I, Sana, at um, the last Gender Smart Summit, we gave people a secret handshake that we all did yeah. at the same time. <laughs> it turns out that the science shows that that creates a sense of awe. It seems silly, but yeah. in this group collectiveness is when the awe comes. So I'm looking at where roots and where is awe and how to build that into everything we do, I think. And it gives me such pleasure and joy to be in the awe with others. It's beautiful. We, we need to be in more book clubs together, Lisa. <laughs> um, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. It's been wonderful to have this opportunity. And I'm also going to give a shout out to your podcast, A Political Hope, for those who don't know it, which is also fantastic. And I'll add those to the show notes, but thank you so much for the time and just been beautiful uh, sharing a little glimpse of you to the community who's listening. Appreciate you being here today. And thanks for the generosity of the platform. I really appreciate it.